Welcome to the Small Jar Podcast, where we moms of teens find the power to step off the emotional roller coaster between motherhood and the empty nest. I'm your host, Jennifer Collins. Hello, friends. This week, I want to share something a bit different. For those moms with kids in high school or looking ahead to high school, the college process can feel like a significant source of stress and anxiety. So I thought I'd bring in one of my good friends, Adam Matarasso, who has deep expertise in advising students and families about the college process to talk about how to navigate it and really why it's so challenging for us as parents in particular. Enjoy and stay tuned after the interview where I'll share some closing thoughts. Hey, Adam, so excited to see you. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm like, you were actually Small Jar Podcast's first official guest, but I mean, I think it's fitting because you're just fabulous. I've had so much fun working with you over the years. So welcome. I'm honored to be here. So I want to introduce Adam. He's the director of college counseling at a private school in the Princeton area and has 20 years of experience in college counseling and school administration. And I've actually had the privilege of working with him for how long did we work together? Like seven years. Uh, yep. So uh, I've seen Adam in action. He's been so helpful to my boys over the years. And since the college process is obviously one of those things that we as parents have so much feelings over helping our kids succeed and, and, and helping them along through their high school years and then where they end up that I thought Adam would be the perfect resource to talk about why it's so hard for us as parents and how we can better support our kids. So I'm excited to talk to you about this. So maybe we could start a little bit, you know, over the years, and I think COVID played into this, I feel like the college process has gotten even more competitive and unpredictable. And I wonder if you could help shed some light on that for us. Absolutely, Jennifer. I think colleges have been, you know, seeing increases in the number of applications that they've received for a number of reasons. I think number one, our kids tend to hyper-focus on the same group of 100 schools. So that sort of naturally has caused places to grow in popularity. I think the whole test optional movement sort of in response to the pandemic where testing centers were closed down and college admissions deans were forced to make testing optional and saw a tremendous increase in applications and saw a much more diverse group of qualified candidates. So as a result, many of them have remained test optional, even though students have easier access to the ACT and the SAT. In addition, I would say the Common App, that Common Application is constantly recruiting new members to join. So Rutgers will be on the Common Application in the fall, for example. And all the places that have joined have seen tremendous growth in the number of their applicants. So as a result, Common App makes it easier for kids to apply to as many as 20 schools. I think there was a recent Forbes article too that that talked about how applications from underrepresented groups have grown by about 30% and that first generation to college applicant population has increased by about 30% as well. And applications from international students have grown too now that folks outside of the country are feeling more comfortable again about sending their child to a university here in the United States. Yeah. And what do you think about the test optional? Do you think that's going to stay or when do you submit? Because I think that adds a whole nother layer of complexity to this. For sure. It's hard to say. 
I don't think they want to bring it back because they think that they like how accessible their institution has been, especially to certain demographic groups that maybe hadn't applied in the past. But I think that from a readiness for college, especially in certain areas, so in those pre-professional fields within STEM and business, they've heard from professors that students haven't been as well prepared in math, for example, and have thought about maybe implementing standardized testing for certain majors. So it's hard to say. And I think that my general advice has been we need to look at the most current average and data set to see what that middle 50 percent SAT your ACT score is for each institution on a student's list. Mm -hmm. We need to then look at their score and decide if it's going to help not make a difference or hurt them and advise accordingly. The other thing I have said is when you're an out-of-state applicant applying to a large public flagship university like a University of Michigan or University of Virginia or University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the numbers are not in your favor to begin with because by state constitution, those institutions are required to fill a certain percentage of the class with in-state applicants, but the majority of the applications they receive are from out-of-state kids. So I always say to students, if you're really interested in a public flagship university outside of your home state, not having testing is, in my opinion, going to hurt you. So that's been another observation that I've had in the last few cycles as well. Yeah. And I feel like not having access to this type of expertise for parents is just already, I can imagine some people listening to this, not having access to a college counselor. I think sometimes public schools don't have deep college counseling departments. It's just, I think, adds to the stress of it all because it's so confusing. And how would you know going into this without the background and access to this information? For sure. And I think that there's so many new things added each year that sort of information management is something that we do as college counselors just so that we understand all the lingo and the changes to policies or restrictions that might be associated with certain application pools. I think one of the reasons I've loved working with you and watching you work with other families is that you do take a family approach and you do have such a partnership mentality in terms of making sure everybody's on board with a plan. And I think that makes you just so much fun to work with. But because of that, I know you have so much experience in knowing the landscape of how both kids handle the college process and how parents handle the college process, which I think is fascinating for this small jar community. So let's start with the kids. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen kids struggle with most through the college process. Yeah. I think our kids, as resilient as they are, especially having lived through this pandemic, still fear rejection. And I think that maybe haven't had that many experiences when they've been told no. So oftentimes their first no is in December of their senior year when maybe they aren't offered admission to a school that they fell in love with. So I think that that's part of something they worry about. I also think finding schools that are the right fit and not letting sort of external pressures impact the schools that they can like is sometimes a struggle for a kid because maybe mom or dad still thinks of that institution as 
a party school when it might have been a party school when they were going through their own college process. So I think that that causes stress for sure. I think the other thing too is kids don't know what they want to do for a living. And I think that they take lots of honors and AP classes, but that sort of career exploration part isn't a huge priority in high school. They don't want to disappoint their parents. They don't want to disappoint their friends. And they want to earn acceptance to a college or university that validates all of the effort that they've put in, not just in their studies, but in their extracurricular pursuits over the summers in high school. It's a big struggle. For sure. No, that's so true. Well, so we talked a little bit about um, the, the struggles that kids are going through. Let's talk about the parents. What have been some of the challenges that you see parents having as they manage the college process with their kids? Yeah, for sure. I think that parents take an incredible amount of responsibility on for their children, as we should. And I think that they fear having failed if their child doesn't end up gaining acceptance to maybe one of their top three colleges or universities. And they always wonder what they maybe could have done differently or how they could have done more to help those opportunities come through. So I think that that's a big one. And I think that that causes a lot of parents to worry. And they've seen how hard their child has worked. So they end up internalizing the sadness too, if they don't end up gaining acceptance. And I think it's hard because I think that, yeah, you should be celebrating all of the acceptances that your child receives, not just the ones that are maybe from schools in the reach category, but also the ones in the target and the foundation categories. And you should be getting excited about all the stops on the college tour that you've planned, not just the ones of the schools that you've heard of or no people at. But I think that we sometimes spend too much time thinking about it as parents. And I always encourage parents to sort of designate a day each week that your child is aware of as that day that you're going to talk about things related to college, especially as they sort of enter the second half of high school. And make your list of things you want to discuss leading up to that day so that every experience you have with your child and every conversation that you have with them isn't related to the college process. Because I think that that just adds so much unnecessary pressure and anxiety. I think that you might end up hearing more from your child if you try to separate it out and not just talk about it every day. That's such a big point. I think the fear of failure is something I hear from my clients again and again and again. And I've certainly been at fault for focusing on this, that we're so afraid our kids are going to fail. And it's almost like we don't even know what failure means, right? It's just this like big, terrible, somehow failure means they're not going to get into any colleges or not their top colleges and that they'll be so disappointed and will be so disappointed. And one of the things I talk a lot with my clients about is how feelings make us do certain things. So certainly anxiety is the type of thing that compels us to do this nagging of our kids and constantly reminding. So I love your suggestion of designating a day almost to just kind of at least try to constrain the nagging to one day (laughs) and have that be more of an open conversation. We care so much about our kids. And I always say continue to care about them more than the name on the sweatshirt. When you're feeling your blood pressure rise, there's nothing worse than showing that emotion to your child and making them feel even more stressed. Try to find that peer, that mentor, that partner, that person like you, Jennifer, that could help 
the parent sort of manage their own emotions so that they're not anything but supportive to their child. I think one interesting thing you're saying too is that when we're acting stressed out and we're constantly talking about it and we're kind of visibly anxious and frustrated or whatever our parental emotions are and our kids see that, they're going to interpret it in a way and we all look at each other with our own lens, but often what happens is our kids will look at us and think the exact opposite of what we want them to think, which is they don't believe I can do it or they think that I'm going to fail. They could see our stress and anxiety and think that it might mean that failure is something that they have to worry about too. And I agree with you, that starts to build stress for them. One thing I work with my clients a lot is at the end of the day, we show up in response to our emotions and it makes a lot of sense that we're anxious and that we're fearful through this process. I think it's a very natural emotion for all of us when we care, as you mentioned, so much about our kids that we would do anything to make them happy. And in our minds, happiness means they get into one of their top three colleges, they go skipping off, they have a fabulous experience. But the reality of life is we don't all have fabulous experiences all the time. And so in some ways, I think it is so valuable for parents to manage their emotions around this, to demonstrate that being resilient, understanding their ups and downs, and the downs don't always mean failure. You know, we all experience failure throughout our lives and learning how to pick yourself up again through that is a skill set that we can model for our kids, but it's hard. Absolutely. We're all going to encounter obstacles and challenges in our lives. And I think equipping our kids with the tools to be able to sort of navigate and overcome those obstacles is important. And, and quite frankly, I think that in the world of hyper-competitive admissions, admissions committees are looking for kids who have rebounded from that challenge or have overcome the obstacle. We want to make sure that our kids are ready to be prepared for the world and are going to be successful. Well, it could be that our effort as parents to uh, saran wrap or bubble wrap our kids and keep them safe and keep them from failure for so long is actually in some ways <laughs> working against them because if they've never experienced that, it's hard the first time. For sure. And I think that that parental involvement really is reduced once they get to college. Yeah. So it's They're gonna not... have to experience it eventually. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you have an issue with your schedule, you can't walk over to the registrar's office and say, can you talk to my parent who's on the phone with me as I walked over here? You know, Although so I'm sure it's happened, right? Absolutely. It's definitely happened. It definitely has happened. So um, funny. Well, speaking of failure, I'm interested to know when kids experience really disappointing outcomes, like they don't get into their top choices or the places that they did get in were really the schools that they put on their list that they were hoping they wouldn't have to go to. How do you see the kids managing that disappointment in relation to their parents' own disappointment? Yeah, sometimes it's worse because their parents are so disappointed. Or sometimes you feel like you've gotten them to a really good place. You've put them in touch with kids who are at that institution who are thriving and are really happy. You've connected them with a professor that teaches in a field that they're interested in pursuing as a major. So I think that parents can make that disappointment feel greater than it needs to be. 
And I think that it's hard because in high school and in that senior year, it, it's the focus and such a big deal. But oftentimes we talk to students about the attitude they should have as they're entering that institution, even if it wasn't their first choice. And it's great when the student comes back around Thanksgiving and says, you know what, I'm doing well, I'm thriving, I've made friends, I've joined different clubs. They'll say, you know, Mr. M, I wish that I didn't feel so disappointed and deflated by this in the spring of my senior year and instead just kind of embraced it and enjoyed all the end of high school career festivities. You know, and, and on rare occasion, a student might say, hey, I, I've made the most of it, but I do think that there are some better places out there for me and you want to explore transferring. And that's why colleges accept transfers. So yeah, I think that it's important for us to try to, I always say, celebrate all the victories, right? And then try to get excited about that school that your child ends up choosing as their college destination. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes we as parents lose sight of the reality that it's four years out of a child's life that are not going to make or break them one way or the other. At the end of the day, the child's still going to have to figure out what they're going to do after college. There's no guarantee in life in terms of what success looks like. And frankly, success looks different for all of us, depending on who we are and what our lens is. And so I think it is a great point that at the end of the day, the name of a college actually means nothing. And I don't care what the college is. It doesn't mean anything in terms of what your success likelihood is going to be. It's still all about you and your own hard work. Absolutely. And sometimes you end up at a place where from the start, you're among the most talented students and you're able to stand out relatively quickly and to take on additional responsibilities. And it feels really good. And I'll say to students, that might not have happened had you matriculated at the school that you sort of identified as your top choice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that it all works out. Yeah. yeah and the reality, which one of my sons pointed out to me at one point during his process was, there are infinitely successful people who never went to college. So it's also, I think it, it's what you make of it to a large extent. It will be interesting to see where we are when our kids start helping their own children through the college process and what that even looks like in terms of whether college will be a critical part of, you know, I've always thought that college opens doors for you and it gives you a network of alumni. It gives you four years to really think about what you want to do with your life in a way that's a bit of a luxury. But I wonder how that will change over time. It's true. It's absolutely true. I think about the future of my job and how it's already evolving. So it's fascinating. That sort of unpredictability is is what causes the most anxiety surrounding college admission and, and gaining admission. Um, so it's, you know, that's the part that causes us to feel so much emotion. Although, you know, I, th I think it's funny, and I talk about this in a lot of context in my podcast, that at the end of the day, life is unpredictable, right? But we tend to focus on specific parts about that unpredictability, like the college process and what that looks like for our kids. And we're so afraid of failure, which is really a fear that at some point in the future, we're going to be disappointed. But in the meantime, we're so miserable feeling anxious about the future that we have no way to predict that it's like we're trying to avoid pain in the future only to feel pain right now. 
but it's it's hard to let go of that. And I certainly have been in the throes of it myself in the past and will be again, I'm sure, with my son. So maybe I'll be better equipped the second time. You will, be. you will. Be. And I think it's also regional. You know what I mean? Like I think different areas, there's more of a concentration of college bound kids or even having colleagues at schools across the nation and abroad. Like it's amazing how different the college process looks by state. Interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. There's some states where the majority of kids are like, my plan is to continue to the public university, regardless of whether I'm the valedictorian of my class or someone that more in the middle or the bottom of the class. And I feel like we feed the frenzy at times too, because as we ask our kids to balance their lists, we're maybe adding more schools and are having them apply to more places. And then you're like, okay, so that's why these places are seeing increases. But at the end of the process, you're only going to go to one. So it's hard to not let it become the focal point. There's only so much you or anyone can do. At the end of the day, the admissions committee at each of these colleges will be making a decision and they're looking at how many ever hundreds of thousands of applications. And so there's some part of it where you've just got to do your best and let it be what it is. But that's that's a very hard thing to do in life, When especially when I think there's so many times in our lives when we become professional or even when we go to grad school, where we're setting ourselves up to work hard and to try to achieve something. But for some reason, this college process seems so monumental. And maybe it is because, as you said, it's kind of the first time they've set themselves up for such a major hope and potential for disappointment. Part of what we do as parents in terms of making this be like our capstone project, right? This is the final gift I can give to you, my child, which is successful admission into a university, which is kind of more about us than about our kids. This is true. Well, so any final words of advice for parents in particular? You've given us some great nuggets along the way, but just some closing thoughts for parents. Yeah, I think continuing to be that loving, supportive parent is most important. Care more about your child than the bumper sticker on the back window of your car. I think that that's so important. And then little things like we expect so much of our students and they do such a great job of juggling. But, you know, I always say, don't forget to hug your child. Try to do sort of non-college related activities with them to have that quality time. Even when you're visiting colleges, I also think trust the process is really, really important and really do believe that everything's going to work out and celebrate everything from a great test score to a win at a sporting event to an awesome performance at a coffee house or in a play. Let everything work out the way that it's supposed to. No, absolutely. And it strikes me as you were talking too, that this is like precious time we have with our kids before they go to college. So finding ways to make it as joyful as possible, even while we're managing our own stress about the process is really important. Absolutely. Your time with them leading up to college during the lengthier breaks in college are really, really important because time goes really, really quickly. And as a parent myself, I never really believed it. But now living in, I'm like, I could remember, you know, dropping my daughter off in preschool and now she's about to start middle school. Um, and I'm like, where has the time gone? I always used to hate it when people said the days are long and the years are short. Now I look back and I just can't believe how quickly it's gone. So. 
Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And I appreciate all of this incredible wisdom that you're sharing with Small Jar. So thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. And I enjoyed our conversation very much. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. So I wanted to reflect on a few things that Adam and I talked about. There are so many reasons why this process is hard for our kids. First and foremost, they can be understandably afraid of failure. Look, in life, we all experience failure at times, and our kids may have experienced failures in the sense of getting low grades, being cut from a team, or not getting a part in a play. But our society has increasingly put college on a pedestal in terms of its importance in the trajectory of our kids' lives. And so not getting the hoped-for results in the college process can feel like failure with a capital F. But then there's why this process is hard for us as parents. When we're struggling with our own fears and anxiety about the college process, the way we show up for our kids is driven by this anxiety. So what that looks like can differ for each of us, but it could look like talking incessantly about our kids' college process, nagging them to study harder, to get more involved. Sometimes we get really invested in the choices of schools that our kids pursue. The process is hard for us as parents because we perceive that where our child ends up really matters. And so it's hard for us to leave any parts of the process to chance. We know intellectually that this is their journey, but we don't want them to miss opportunities because they didn't put in enough effort or didn't consider their choices carefully enough. And there are other complicating considerations like the cost of college, where it's located, in other words, close to home or across the world. It's very likely that we'll disagree with our kids on quite a few of these things along the way. And the question for us as parents is, do we want this to be a battle with winners and losers? Or are we ready to loosen the reins and trust the process, as Adam suggests, or trust our child? On top of all of this, we have a fear of regret, because if things don't work out the way we hope, we'll think that there will have been something we could have done to change the outcome, even though so much of this is out of our control. There is no one right path. Each of our kids are different, our families are different. Some of our kids aren't ready for us to let go and need our support. And others may be pulling away so hard, we fear if we let go, they'll run as fast as they can in the wrong direction. And still others may be ready to fly, but it's our own fear and sadness that's keeping them on the ground. The years are short, my friends. How do you want to show up for your child and yourself through this process without letting go of your hopes and dreams for them or your sense of responsibility as a mom to do everything you can to support them? These are the types of questions we explore in my program, Mom 2.0. In life, there's uncertainty, not only in the college process, but in everything. We can't control the circumstances of our lives, but we can decide how we want to show up for our children in these final fleeting months and years when they're home. Until next time, friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and check out our coaching program, Mom 2.0, at www.thesmalljar.com. You have more power than you think, my friend. 